You are listening to Wildlife Conservation India podcast by Ela Foundation Pune India and the Wildlife People. In today's episode we have with us Dr. Henry Nolte. He's a research associate of the Royal Botanical Garden Edinburgh. He specializes in the history of Indian botany with a particular interest in botanical drawings made by Indian artists. Dr. Henry Nolte gives a brief introduction to Alexander Gibson, the first conservator of forests to the Bombay presidency. Alexander Gibson was born in 1800 and he was one of that remarkable group of Scottish surgeons who came out to India. He came from a Scottish farming family quite well to do and in those days the educational system in Scotland was very very advanced so ordinary schoolboys were taught Latin which enabled them to go to university Gibson started off going to Aberdeen University then he went to Edinburgh University which was the most famous center for training medical students really in Europe at that time people came from as far afield as Russia and the West Indies and um North America to go to study medicine in Edinburgh and as part of that they all had to study botany for one month in three year course so Gibson studied botany with Daniel Rutherford who was actually the uncle of the famous novelist Sir Walter Scott and he was also the discoverer of nitrogen but he was also a very serious botanist he was also put in charge of another botanic garden which had been founded in 1828 by Sir John Malcolm the governor of Bombay it was in the grounds of a bungalow that he bought for for the governor to use in the monsoon system when season when it got too hot and unpleasant and sticky in mumbai he would come up here he then this wasn't cool enough eventually so he set up marbleshwar later so gibson came to the bombay presidency in the late 1820 and he used his medical training for various purposes not all directly to do with medicine but in the field of applied botany he spent a long time traveling first in gujarat then around maharashtra and he learned the local languages so that he could interact with local people which was a huge advantage he was first appointed to garden nurseries in around junar and then he got a job running the botanic garden of the presidency at depuri but because of his interest in economic plant he was roped in to work, advise the bombay government on teak supplies and from about 1840 he started making surveys of the forest to see what resources were left and trying to come up with some sort of management system especially for the teak for the dockyards in bombay which was then running out but because he traveled to learn the local languages he had an empathy with the local people and was concerned that they should still be allowed 
allowed to have their traditional uses of the forests. They needed um, trimmings from trees for burning to make ash to fertilise their fields and all the what became later known as non-timber forest products, the gums and resins, the medicines, the fruit. So he did try to make this balanced approach to forest conservation and he was the first of the modern style conservative forests ever made in India. The formal job came in 1847 but he'd already been doing it seven years. Another very interesting thing he did was to commission an Indo-Portuguese artist to record the plants that were growing in the botanic gardens at Hura and Dapuri. Some of them introduced from all over the world but half of them, the local plants that he saw when he was travelling around on his forest surveys. It's those drawings that are in the Royal Botanic Garden, Edinburgh, that first got me interested in Gibson, and I made a book about his biography and Dapuri drawings, which was published in 2002. So Gibson came to India as a surgeon, but the government recognised his great talents for economic botany and paid him to do that latterly. But he never gave up his medical interests and he preferred to live not in either of the main towns of the Bombay Presidency, Bombay or Pune. He chose to live in a very, very remote little village near Juno in the Deccan and that was where he based himself for all his time in India. Um, and he made the forest tours from there and he obviously became completely accepted by the local community and he offered free medical service to the local people and at one point when he was thinking of retiring he asked specifically the government that he might be allowed to continue to get a free supply of medicines to give to the local people. It used to be thought that Gibson died at Hura because there's a big monument there and the, the purpose of that monument which was clearly erected by Gibson himself is unknown. It's a fascinating mystery. Was it to an Indian wife? We just don't know. There's no inscription on it. But in fact, during my research, I found that he didn't die there. In fact, he did return to Scotland, to a small estate that his brother had bought, um, and that's where he died in 1867. Stay tuned for the next episode. For more episodes, log on to www.elafoundation.org slash podcasts. Wildlife Conservation India podcasts are now available on prominent platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher and iTunes. Stay tuned.